0: something everybody how you doing what's going on hey what's up i don't expect a response now of course
1: (laughs) well hello to you sean hi hello hi to you aaron i decided to say hello to you since you would respond since you're here
0: that makes sense yeah no we're both in the same room right now i'm
1: against saying hi to everybody I just, I don't know if I could handle that, just that silence after you said hello.
0: Yeah, you have to remind yourself, oh, I'm recording this on a certain date. It's released on a later date. People are listening to it across time and history, probably mostly clustered around the beginning, but with potential spikes in the future. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe they're at work. Maybe they're changing their kid's diaper, you know, any number of things that they could be doing. They might be kayaking.
1: But what they're not doing is standing here, just off screen, where we can't see them, hearing what we're saying right now, and, ready and choosing res- not to respond. Like they're stone faced, even just if like, it feels like everybody. And they're like,
0: <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> And f- for listeners at home, Aaron just gave me a stone face, kind of like very serious, non-speaking look, like someone yeah. might aggressively
1: do at I don't know, like yeah, to put up. A- point on the fact that they're not saying anything. Like, yeah, I heard your warm welcome. (laughs) I'm being silent in the face of it.
0: So welcome to Seriously Wrong uh, episode, Sean seen a whale. Yeah, Sean saw a whale. (laughs) It's actually absolutely true. I saw a whale. A killer whale. Yeah, uh, orca. Yeah. Another name for an orca is Grumpus. (laughs) That's a historic name for orcas. Well, it's really? actually Grumpus. Grumpus, It yeah. sounds
1: like Krampus, but like a grumpy version. It reminds me of Christmas. I'm imagining a grumpy Santa Claus more so than a orca. When That's I hear what I thought too, yeah. Grumpus. So but- you guys talking about <laughs> Grumpy Santa Claus,
0: who's so fundamentally <laughs> grumpy, he changed his name? Um no. or he's like
1: his evil twin, or maybe not evil twin, but like grumpy twin. Right, uh, yeah. He's yeah. too grumpy to deliver
0: the toys to the kids. <laughs> Maybe that's actually what we have. Maybe Santa Claus is real. He turned grumpy. He no longer delivers the toys to the kids. And that's why parents have to give toys to kids from Santa, quote unquote, because the real Santa's turned to Grumpus and no longer does that. So actually, I want to be technically correct. Grumpus is actually a name for a specific type of whale, but historically that specific type of whale named grumpus, became the term that was used for a much wider variety of whales, including orcas. So to be technical, grumpus is another name for orca, but it's more accurately the name of grumpus, which is another type of whale. So in this episode, I'm I'm telling a story about encountering the noble orcas in the Gulf Islands of BC here while kayaking (laughs) with my dear and beloved partner and some friends of mine. But uh, since then, so there's kind of like a part of the story I wanted to tell, but I couldn't tell because it was the wrong time, which is, do you mind picking up those drumsticks and doing a drum roll for me?
1: Yeah, sure. That's why we have the drumsticks here and the drum. Yeah, of course. And you're, you're quite talented at it. Ahem, okay, so. You know, I'll do this all day. I'll just keep rolling the drums, take your time. It's uh, no pressure.
0: My girlfriend and I are having a baby. So hooray for me. You can- Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's an element of the story. I'm going to pick up on that after you hear the whole story. We can talk a little more about it. But yeah, the, the, it is true. Sean's becoming a papa. I am becoming a papa to a beloved little bundle of... Um,
1: a human baby not an orca baby or a dog baby a human baby as far as i know
0: no actually i saw it on ultrasound it is i can confirm it is humanoid it is human or at least humanoid
1: i'm gonna put it out there it's a human baby you're not adopting it from the vet or spca or anything like that so
0: yeah i'm willing to lock it in i saw it on scan interesting thing about ultrasounds is there you're like seeing a slice of the baby like you know body worlds where they cut up corpses into slices right ultrasound is sending a line of radiation or whatever sending a line of sonic information that allows them to basically cut a slice of your baby and you see it moving but you can also like see its brain its internal organs and stuff as a result of that but it's also the first time that you really like see your own child in our society is you see the first thing you see is like a
1: ham slice (laughs) of it like you see a 2d yeah when you sent me the first ultrasound image on chat i was like oh this is nice but i'm kind of confused as to which parts are which like this looks like a blob like a rock Rorsch- no offense to your baby yeah it looks no, and, like a rorschach blob but and i, I felt like
0: it was the most self-evidently beautiful and cute photograph in the world um that just required no send, explanation to
1: send no I,
0: and I, it, <laughs> send it out and get people going ah. but actually i sent it out and i got people saying
1: what am i looking at <laughs> for me it was because i was expecting to see a whole baby like you know fetal position on the side, but it was just
0: head. Yeah. It was a zoom in on the head and that's, what's cute about. You can so see I'm the little to like brow this,
1: ridge and the, right. um, I'm, I'm trying to map the whole baby onto this image of just the head. And I'm like, Oh, is that the arm or is that an elbow sticking out that where it's actually just the nose? So yeah, that cute little ham slice I've been sending around, uh,
0: beautiful little child, uh, makes me yeah, not proud and emotional. a blob,
1: but a very cute image of a, a slice of a baby.
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I've always said that I've wanted to be a parent someday. You can check the tapes all the way back to 2014. And by coincidence, we got to the point where it's widely considered appropriate to start talking about the pregnancy around the time that Papa and Boy on Means TV came out.
1: Um, <laughs> and, I. I oh, yeah, streaming now on means TV. I don't think we've out. said that on the feed yet, but it's out. It's out. And I got to say, it's, it's,
0: it's really fun. It's really quite a humorous show. I really enjoyed watching it. Um, yeah. Speaking
1: as a pure audience member with no bias. Yeah. Turning great. off the part of my brain that animated it painstakingly over a many month period. Yeah. I took some forget pills that just make you forget your entire life for, 10 minutes at a time to watch them from the perspective of and I got to say as an audience member I enjoyed it. Yeah, you can't always feign modesty when something is that good. Um <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, no, I actually, I legit, I I think it's a really interesting and cool show, and I hope you check it out and enjoy it. And Means TV, they're, it's a worker-owned streaming service. We're contractor members, which means that we are in profit sharing of Means TV, and we have a say in participation in the future of the network. And it's also a pay-what-you-can. So if the, the $10 a month price tag is too expensive for you, no questions asked, send an email. They will help you get in and you can set a lower price and don't be i talk to people and they're like ashamed to do that and it's like I was just like legit if you can't afford it like that's the reason they have that like yeah if you legit can't afford it no one is turned away for lack of funds to watch Papa and Boy and that's something I really appreciate and value about Means TV. Stevie yeah um, definitely so don't be embarrassed it's tough times right now you know and if that is the case for you, please don't hesitate to ask for access. We want to share it with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I want I want people to see it. I'm excited uh, for people to see it because we've been working on it for two years, and I think it's really good. Uh, so yeah, welcome to the show, everybody. We're gonna hop backwards in time now
0: through a little like time portal to a time before I was admitting that uh, I had a baby on the way, and then we'll at the end we'll hop out of that time portal to the present. And also, this is before Papa and Boy was released on means TV. It was before gas prices went up again. It was before what else has happened since then in the last month? The Queen died. The Queen. This is this. The Queen is still alive during this recording. So if you <laughs> yeah, want to contextualize, it
1: heavy over the whole recording.
0: <laughs> just imagine the Queen somewhere in the distance, doing still, well, still alive. <laughs> um. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to people who donate to our show on Patreon and make it happen. Uh, you, the real MVP. Hugs, kisses, hearts,
1: et cetera. Oh, yeah. And remember, you're now supporting Sean's child. So Sean's future child thanks you as well. <laughs> I don't know if that's appropriate to say, but I think they I, I
0: will. I, I will raise this child in such a way where they have appropriate gratitude. Uh, <laughs> good. good. <laughs> All right, here's the here's the portal. Uh,
1: what for, a through beautiful tire. portal! It's just it's shimmering and
0: <laughs>
1: swirling. Even all the all the best things about portals. More
0: beautiful than I could ever imagine. That's for sure. <laughs> almost it almost defies human comprehension. The beauty of the sparkling portal. Absolutely,
1: yeah.
0: So right. here we go.
1: Oh, oh we're flying
0: through time right now. We're also mentally rewinding. Ah. <clears throat> All right, do you want to get started on recording uh, this episode about this uh, whale experience I had? Yeah. I got to say, though, before we start, big ups to the queen for holding on this long. She's really <laughs> old and <coughs> love her, hate her. You got to admit, she lived a long time.
1: Yeah, my personal prediction for once the queen dies is that everyone in the English-speaking world is going to be like, Oh, that was so weird. That Britain had a queen for so long and we're now abolishing the monarchy. We just people I think people don't care anymore, and once she dies, there'll be a massive wave of anti monarchy sentiment where Britain will just end it, I bet. We're not gonna see a a king after this. Yeah, no, I agree. Anyway, random thing to weigh in on, but yeah, whale story time. On our mind for some reason.
0: So I had an interesting experience the other day. Yeah, I guess. you just
1: went on a wildlife sightseeing adventure.
0: Sort of, yeah. I mean, that's one way to characterize it. It definitely wasn't my intention, but it was what ended up happening. I was camping in the Gulf Islands. Uh, it's in southern BC near Victoria on this island called Saturna Island. I've got a friend there from high school who I was visiting and a friend in from out of town. So... The three of us and our girlfriends, so a total of six people, were going on a kayaking adventure around Saturna Island to go berry picking at this uh this place called Thompson Park, which is a nice little place and there's berries to pick. So we kayaked over there. It took about an hour. It was really cool and fun. Like I've never I haven't been kayaking like that out on the ocean
1: before, but it was pretty cool. So this is more of a kayaking trip. It wasn't a safari. Like you weren't there no. with your jungle hat and your binoculars it was, a,
0: it was a kayaking berry picking trip gone wilderness gotcha. expedition
1: yeah so i guess the
0: first thing that's important to understand in the context of this story is that this is the first time that my girlfriend's ever been kayaking out on the ocean and the reason for that is because sh- since she was a child she has had an enormous fear of whales approaching her in the water which prevented her and her family from going kayaking uh, when she was young. And her entire life, she's been told by her parents, and this is what anyone would tell someone who has this fear, that's not going to happen. Whales don't approach kayakers like that. You will maybe see them from afar if you're lucky. Uh, like That's a rare and magical thing, but they're never going to be really close to you. That like almost never happens. Like It's not something you have to worry about. And I told this to her as well when we were talking about doing this kayaking journey. It came up, oh, I'm worried about the, the whales. And I'm like, oh, it's silly. Don't be worried about the whales. It's, it's, it's cute. But no, it's never going to happen. And then the other thing to understand, I guess, is that when we got off our kayaks to go berry picking and then beach mounted back, our paddles accidentally got switched with Oliver and his girlfriend. Shout out to Oliver, who's in the episode. I would never do butt gun, which you can find in the Patreon archive with us. A funny guy, a longtime friend of mine. And we had longer paddles on them because we're taller than them. So we're kayaking back with shorter paddles. So we were paddling like significantly slower than everyone else. And we got separated from the pack. Mm -hmm. So we're going around this, this ridge. This is in the Salish Sea on the southeast side of Saturna Island. Something like that. We're going around this rocky ridge. And we see up ahead way where the other two kayakers are. They're probably a football field or something away from us. There's these whales surfacing and using their blowholes orca whales killer whales and i'm like whoa that's that's cool
1: i'm trying to imagine what that would feel like i've seen some kind of whales before but it was in a controlled environment it was like i can't remember where we were i was with my parents i think like the aquarium type thing or like a boat or whale watching tour a, a boat it's all pretty vague in my memory right now definitely not like just stumbling upon whales, not even with a boat in between you, but just like, I guess a kayak is a type of boat, but like a a big tourist boat. It's a very controlled experience where you're expecting it to happen because they told you it would.
0: Yeah, so these orca, they're sticking their head out of the water, using their blowholes, they're breathing in, um, they're going in and out over by the other kayakers. And so my girlfriend is like, Sean, this is my fear. Like, this is my nightmare that I told you about. <laughs> And I was like, it's okay. Like, I'm just like, don't worry. We're totally safe. Uh, Later found out there's never been any instance of wild orcas killing someone. Although orcas in captivity have sometimes badly hurt or killed their trainers because when they're kept in captivity, they're in like way too small an area for them. Since this happened, I've done a little bit of research about orcas, so I'll mix in some of my knowledge. Like the resident orca of the Salish Sea, there's about 70, 75 of them at this point. They travel this huge, huge area back and forth from like Vancouver down into Washington through all these different islands, and it's like their territory. They feed on fish, and there's actually orca all around the world. All the different oceans of the world, all the different seas of the world have orca. They're a global
1: species. But yeah, I guess they're big enough to... And you, if you live in the ocean, and you can kind of... It makes sense that they got around, is what I'm saying.
0: There's other orca that are transient orca. And transient orca have like a different diet. They'll eat things like seals. I read an article, uh, it was like a New Scientist article, about how orca evolution has been shaped by orca culture. It's thought that there's subspecies between these different orca populations, and the subspecies were shaped in part by the decisions that they made. They're very intelligent creatures, and uh, they're like in population decline all around the world, a big part because of the loud noises of boats negatively affecting them and their echolocation, lack of supplies of fish to eat and other food sources uh, that get emaciated and sometimes starve, and... Also, sometimes they're brought into captivity where they don't tend to last as long. In the wild, they can live to be over 100. Uh, but in captivity, they usually die before the age of 50, um, sometimes by suicide. Which, I mean, anyone who is kept in a really small room can relate
1: to that, I guess. <laughs> Even just imagining being kept in a small room. I've seen a movie where someone was kept in a small room, I feel like, oh yeah, that would suck. I wouldn't yeah, like you don't that. have
0: to have experience of being kept in a small room to relate to the plight of the orcas.
1: But yeah, so they don't tend to attack people unless they're in captivity, which makes sense because you could just swim away. You got the whole ocean there. People like we're not really that dangerous unless we're like pointing like whale guns at them and stuff.
0: They're definitely really intelligent and social creatures. They're structured. The resident orcas are structured culturally around matrilineal lines where uh, everyone lives with their mother their entire lives or their grandmother. So the pods are split up around grandmothers and there was a grandmother that died that was watched uh, that was like monitored in the salish sea until like i think 2006 around that time they died of, at the age of like 105 or something like that this great grandmother of multiple generations mm-hmm. so there will be like four generations of orca that travel together as a big group and all talk to each other and then they split up into like hunting pods and stuff or hunting groups but they all generally uh, hang out in these matrilineal pods They're playful, like they'll sometimes surface up and swim alongside boats and stuff. Like like, in Free
1: Willy where the kid and he jumps over the kid and he holds up his hand and...
0: Yeah, I don't know if that's ever happened, but...
1: I guess that's probably more of a training whale sad story thing. I'm pretty sure there's like a big sad story about the actual whale from Free Willy. Anyway.
0: In uh, in nature, wild orcas will sometimes like they'll do breaches in front of where there's people. So like breaches are where they shoot out of the water and then splash back down. It's like the orca equivalent of a cannonball. Except they jump out of the water and back in all in one move. Or they'll like swim alongside paddle borders and like swim underneath them and stuff without ever touching their board. I, I saw a bunch of videos of like different orca playing, watching behaviors, but they seem interested in people. It's, it's not really clear what their internal world is. Right. Oh yeah. Another thing, th- there's this whale named uh, Lolita who is I think 56 or 60, something like that. She's been in captivity almost her entire life. She was taken as a child from the Salish Sea and she's at like a Miami Sea World or something like that. I don't think it's Sea World, it's something else. She's in Miami and her mother is still alive in the Salish Sea. So there's like this political movement to free her and return her to her family, which is something that I intuitively support. But imagine being in captivity for 50 years and then like getting they, out. they let you go home again and like your mom is there yeah. and she's like 90 or something
1: is pretty beautiful.
0: Obviously the worry is that she'll tell them what we did.
1: And then all the orca will know. The whole <laughs> pod will actually like know about SeaWorld. Yeah, they'll uh, <laughs> spread the word to all the orcas and then they'll finally if all that had happened before the other day you could have been the first attack, like they're just right. Like,
0: yeah, that was the moment. The the orca we saw—they had gotten word about SeaWorld. World. They're planning. They, got to, they watched blackfish, and they're just fucking pissed.
1: We're gonna start picking these fuckers off.
0: So yeah, we're kayaking with two short paddles, way away from our friends. First time kayaking on the open sea for both of us. She's starting to get panic. Like her nightmare is coming true. Her implausible nightmare is coming true. And at first I'm like, it's okay, they're just going to swim over there, like, we'll just don't worry about it, like, they're not going to come towards us. And she's like, Sean, they're coming right towards us, like, they're coming directly for us. And it's true, there's definitely, like, two different fins coming towards us. And we found out later from our friends ahead that there had been three, there was a small one, a a medium-sized large one, and a really big one. Um, small one being like really young based on my research it's probably this specific orca named tofino that was born in 2019 (laughs) like they're all monitored there's only like 70 of them so the marine scientists have named them all they have names and numbers they know which pod they're in and the big one is probably this guy named blackberry that was born in 1991 but so they're coming towards us so like and i'm trying to calm her down and just like let her know everything's going to be okay. But I also sort of, I'm starting to feel a little ambiguous about my own reassurances. Like it's really weird. Like it's kind of frightening. So we decide that we're going to paddle over to, there's like this rock face that we can hold on to this rocky side and just get as close to the wall as possible. Put up the kayak against the wall, hold on and they'll go by us and minimize any risk if they, I don't know, come up to us or something like, you're not thinking rationally about what the possibilities are. It was a magical experience, but it was also like a kind of a traumatizing experience. Because the thing about this dorsal fin, it sticks six feet out of the water. I imagine the maximum height of a dorsal fin, maybe three feet, four feet for the largest. Yeah, once
1: you have four feet, you're getting a pretty big fin there.
0: And so we have this orca fin coming towards us that is towering above us. We're sitting in a kayak. So we're about maybe three feet off the water level. And it's towering above us, heading towards us. And my mind is mentally filling in an orca that's 30 or 40 feet long, like the biggest orca imaginable. Like it was breaking my model for what an orca should look like. And I found out later that male orcas have sort of disproportionately big fins. They have like really tall fins. Um, And that this I thought, I said at the time that it was probably around five feet. I learned from, if this is Blackberry, which I think it was, then it's a six foot fin. So this thing's coming towards us. And like, there's this ambiguous, like it's magical. It's horrifying. I'm thinking like, what's the worst that could happen? Like, how would you defend yourself if it like hit your kayak or whatever? And like, at sea, I'm not very powerful. Like, Th- these are creatures that are optimized for the sea. They control the sea. They can <laughs> go up and down underwater. They can stay underwater forever. They can come up to the surface. They can jump out of the water. Incredibly powerful, enormous megafauna with like dog-like biting mouths. So they're, they're the master of the sea. We're first-time kayakers with too short to a paddle. So yeah, my reassurances went from like, orcas will never approach us kayaking, to those orcas will stay far away, to those orcas aren't coming towards us, to uh, those ar- orcas are coming towards us, but it's safe, uh, <laughs> to, I'm not sure if it's safe, but if we go over here, it maximizes our safeness. And right. The-
1: <laughs> yeah, the orcas are just proving you wrong at every turn. though. <laughs>
0: Someone else was saying, um, Chuck, who we were kayaking with, he he said they can stay underwater for a really long time. So if they're at the surface they want to be, that they were probably looking at us and taking some interest in us as a group of people. Right. They also see with both vision and echolocation. So they can see things like the heartbeats of other creatures underwater by picking up those vibrations or by sending clicks and getting them back. Right. But they can also see with their eyes. So I wonder if, like, I wonder what they see... I know that if we're swimming underwater, you know, dolphins, whales, they can get a pretty detailed idea of what you look like, even uh, like your organs, how much fat is on your body and stuff like that, because Mm. of the way different sound waves come back at different rates. But I'm not sure how that translates to being in a kayak. But I assume that we have some impact in the way the kayak registers. Like they could pick up that there's people in it. Right. And also like what their, I'm not sure what their memory is of humans over time. You know what I mean? Like kayak safe, boats not kind of thing, or this type of boat safe, this type of boat not kind of thing. Right, right. Um, Or if that's passed on through generations, because they're very smart and have culture. A lot of that I don't know the details of. But so, yeah, we pull over to the rock side, and there's a bunch of cool starfish there, by the way. So that was a nice plus. And, yeah, adrenaline really pumping. And it really continued as we moved. They changed their trajectory to come more and more towards us. And at the final moment we saw them, the big one, it's fin out, five or six feet out of the water, towering above us, maybe 10, 12 feet away max. Like, this is really, really close. Um, wow. <laughs> and it's just unthinkably big. Breaking my model of what orcas are. Breaking my model on what orcas should do. My girlfriend's freaking out because her childhood phobia is coming true and i put the i've got a kayaking whistle in my mouth that i put in because there's like i learned the nautical signal for distress and i'm like okay well if they somehow start fucking with us or like really like if this gets any worse than where it's at right now i'm going to start using this whistle to try to communicate with other people but they just their fins were out entirely they're looking at us as they go by us and then they went underwater and didn't come back out And, yeah, it was, like, very exhilarating. And at first it was frightening, and then after when it was over, it was kind of like, see, I told you you'd be okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was going to ask, how is she feeling about it now?
0: Yeah, like, immediately after it happened, she was definitely freaked out, and she was still afraid that they were going to, like, come back. They went underwater and we can't see them, but that doesn't mean they're not there, which is true.
1: They're going to burst out, like, jaws and... (laughs) try and eat your shit and
0: they could just they can hold their breath for a long time they might have just went straight down and just stopped there and just looked at us and just watched us move away right (laughs) like it's totally within their powers and capabilities and we're also really tired by this point like this is a pretty big kayaking journey like i'm still sore this was two days ago like i'm still sore in my shoulders and back and stuff but yeah we go back and meet up with the other people and they're like wow that was so cool and we're like yeah uh (laughs) cool but actually, overall, I do think that her fear of this has been defeated. Like she, like this isn't going to make her less likely to go kayaking in the future, especially like after it happened. You keep on thinking about it. And I, I realized like part of the reason I kept thinking about it is because it was kind of traumatic. And like I just want to underline again, this six foot dorsal fin found out it's a 22 foot whale. But I thought it was a 30 foot whale. Probably either way, it's a bus. You know, you have this undersea bus speeding towards you, the the rhino of the sea. You have no capacity to control yourself beyond, like, we're struggling to kayak before we're being chased. You know, like, right. we're, we're, we're not pro-kayakers by any means.
1: Yeah, that's such a specific, I don't think I've ever considered being on a kayak and having whales come at you. Maybe that's something kayakers think about a lot. Apparently, it's big enough of a thing that it's been your girlfriend's greatest kayaking fear for her yeah, whole when she's life. a
0: child she's like i'm not going on the ocean i'll kayak in rivers but i will not kayak in the ocean
1: right because of whales because of the whales yeah maybe if i'd ever been i've never been kayaking so maybe i would have considered it more then. but yeah i've always thought of whales and dolphins as friendly sharks as potentially dangerous mm-hmm. um so that's my that's the extent of my not like if this had happened to me I probably, I would have been like, um, maybe safe, but yeah, definitely like when they're coming at you and like, like, did you see the fin first and then know it was, did you know it was an orca immediately? Cause when I see a fin, my first thought would be shark.
0: Yeah. We knew it was an orca f- when it was still far away. It, like we were separated from the other kayakers and it sort of went by them first, And so we were looking at them and we saw it happening there, although it was further away from them than it was uh, from us. And actually they turned around to like continue watching it and like started going towards it a little bit to like keep watching it happen. But then when we went up to the rock face, it hit us. It was like we disappeared. So from their point of view, it was like the orcas are heading right towards us and we disappear and the orca disappear in the same place. But everyone had been told their whole lives, orcas won't fuck with you. It's going to be safe, yada, yada. So they didn't like, apart from maybe like a joking kind of like, oh, they're going to eat them or whatever, you know, that there was no real fear from the other kayakers. But also they didn't get as close as we did. But yeah, afterwards, like I've done a bunch of reading on orcas and like, even at the time, there's part of me that was like worried and like concerned about keeping my girlfriend safe and comfortable more than thinking that we were in imminent danger. But it also occurred to me of like, what if it knocks over our kayak or what? Like being in the water this far away from our place, even if the orca is not fucking with us is like not a good scene. But yeah, it was sort of magical in the way of like, it's so big and you don't think about orcas being out there doing their thing. Like it's the most dinosaur-like experience I've ever had. It's like, It's like, I mean, I've seen giraffes in captivity i've seen an elephant in captivity and that's it's kind of cool in a way but like i've never had an elephant come at me unexpectedly when i didn't expect to see an elephant at all Uh, let alone one with like smooth skin that sees by echolocation that can tell my body fat percentage by clicking at me i wish it was easy for me to convey like like uh, you're getting approached by a whale and you realize that the fin is a 40% 40% bigger than you thought fins could get. Just think about this Okay, sit cross-legged on your floor and look at something that's six feet tall. Imagine that next to you and it's the peak, it's the tip of a creature that you can't see. <laughs> right. That's the thing that replays in my head when I think about this, is like this scale fucking, this like the, the orca map being destroyed while I'm also playing the role of everything is gonna be okay. <laughs> like supportive partner, but we'll, we'll go kayaking on the, on the sea again. We're, we're less afraid of orcas now having done more research. It seems like they're good at respecting boundaries in general, like unless orcas suddenly have a change of temperament or culture towards humans, if you are approached by an orca, you are safe. Like that is generally true.
1: That's your takeaway.
0: Yeah. So from far. the research that, that I've done. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely a memorable life experience. I didn't expect to have, like, I didn't go out to this island to be like, time to meet a, an an unthinkably large megafauna and its habitat where I'm uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. Even if it's the nicest, one of the nicest megafauna out there, it's still big enough to crush you if it wanted to. Like,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah. just grab you and pull you down. Be like, Hey, come, come check out where we live.
1: Yeah. Just completely like bash into the side of your kayak and try to eat you.
0: If it so chose. But the resident orca of the Salish Sea eat fish. They don't eat uh, mammals. I mean, I knew it it wasn't going to eat us. I didn't think it was going to eat us. I was pretty confident it wasn't going to try to eat us.
1: Yeah, I've never heard of orcas eating people, but it's still, they're big. It's a possibility. I don't know. Yeah, they're crazy as fuck.
0: And from the research I've done, I believe strongly, I really do think that the people who are concerned about their well-being are right they shouldn't be held in captivity they belong in the ocean they belong in an environment that's big enough for them but also the orca in the ocean need to be protected also from pollution really critically from their food sources being taken away by humans or destroyed
1: yeah like overfishing or the pollution killing off the fish that they would yeah
0: yeah like these are these are incredible incredible creatures That, like, seeing a picture, having a cartoon idea of a killer whale in my head did not prepare me for at all. And, like, I feel really strongly, even though I got a little bit scared, that it was primarily, like, a magical, incredible experience. That, like, this enormous, intelligent creature that sees in ways that I can only barely imagine, that has social structures that I can only barely imagine, has culture I can only barely imagine, recognized me and I recognized it. And there's something so profound about that like the more I've reflected on it the less scary it seemed and the more I felt like we really need to on our really big list of priorities include the the well-being of like marine creatures but in particular um, our mammalian cousins I don't know this this experience really opened my eyes to that indirectly as a result of trying to understand what the motivations of an enormous creature that swam towards me was doing. And I still don't fully understand the motivations. My kind of preferred narrative is that it was excited to see us. Right. That it wanted to look at people that didn't have a motor. It wanted to, like, get a vibe of, like, our nervous systems.
1: I was thinking almost of, like, you know, you're walking down the street and, like, you see a squirrel. Like, maybe you just walk past and you don't care. Maybe sometimes you stop and look at it. You even want to walk a bit closer, see what it's doing up there in the tree. That's kind of how I imagine them seeing humans. They're like, oh, there's, there's humans up there again. And mm-hmm. it's kind of, let's take a look. Let's approach a little bit. Oh, I don't want to scare them. but
0: <laughs> And it's, it's with a two and a half year old.
1: The little one that yeah. you didn't see. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Tofino, which would also be able to see us.
1: Well, yeah. You're definitely more likely to stop to look at a squirrel if you got a little kid with you.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that, that seems really wholesome and nice. And like, that seems m- magical and not at all scary. Like, we happened to be going at this time that there were no ferries going by. There were no motorboats. So they were coming up to the surface to look around. And they saw humans that are like the least threatening type of humans they know. And they're like, hey, little one, let's go check these things out. We can You can get a good look at them. Click at them. Right. Look at the shape of their nervous systems. I don't know if it works through a kayak or not. I'd like to think it does, though. I want to be recognized that.
1: Does it work through the, like, going out of the water into air and then back?
0: I know echolocation works in bats out of water, but I don't know about traversing the water barrier. I know that orca's eyes work in and out of water both. Right. uh, But I don't know if their echolocation does. But for the sake of my own narrative, I choose to believe that they could see us entirely. That they could see us profoundly in a whale-like way that I can only barely understand. And they wanted to share that with their little child trying to feed their baby information about the world so it's it can survive to be 100 like their grandma did. So yeah, most people don't get that close to orcas. The Actually, the legal guidelines are that you aren't so, supposed to approach them within 400 meters or something like that. And if you're on a motorized boat and one comes closer to you, Within 300 meters of you, you're supposed to turn off the boat and just wait for them to pass. So yeah, it's like kind of a rare thing. But I also read a headline that the amount of orca sightings was really up in 2021 compared to um, previous years for a while. So I'm not sure why that would be. Maybe it's connected to whatever changed at sea that's also helping the um, Great Barrier
1: Reef. The Great Barrier Reef also got its first improvement
0: in a long time recently during the pandemic.
1: Yeah, I was going to mention the pandemic. Like maybe there was fewer boats out there, so they were just near the surface more. Maybe it's cruise ships. Less cruise
0: ships going around the last couple years, giving the ocean a fighting chance. Fuck cruise ships, man. Yeah. If having a single cruise ship at all fucks with my enormous sea dog friends the 21 foot six foot dorsal bus that came charging at me and my girlfriend the other day if having even a single cruise ship anywhere in the world fucks with these beautiful enormous creatures my big boy fuck them man old people have tons of shit to do (laughs) we don't need to put them on fucking cruise ships dumping shit out in the middle of the ocean fucking scaring all the creatures and fucking destroying the planet
1: yeah, I feel like, at the very least, there's got to be massive regulations on what they're allowed to do. Because, yeah, you hear fucked up shit about cruise ships, like, all the time. Fucking up the ocean constantly so people can stay in a hotel on the water. Yeah, fuck that, man.
0: Cruise ships are, like, a good aesthetic target for I or two. Because they're, like, say, like, out of the reach of most people. They're luxurious Even people who do go on cruise ships or work on cruise ships have ambiguous feelings about them. They are like an extreme symbol of like societal excess. Like we're going to run a hotel on diesel and parade it around the world at great environmental cost. And it's going to be like ground zero of all future pandemics. We don't need that shit. What we do need is whales.
1: Yeah, I agree. (laughs)
0: So I don't know, I'm turning to the audience now, do you know anything about orcas? Uh, do you know anything about killer whales? Have you seen one? Feel free to post in the comments on uh, Patreon and stuff and let us know, maybe, do we get any facts wrong? Do you know about the echolocation stuff? Emphatically uh, encourage any and all feedback related to this orca experience based on your knowledge.
1: The closest thing I guess I've ever had to a wildlife encounter was I saw a coyote a few times at the park near my house like two years ago. But it freaked me out. I thought it was, like, a big dog at first because it was nighttime. And so I was just, like, walking away from it. And then it started, like, walking after me, not, like, not gaining on me, but just in my direction, continuing to come at me. And I kept, like, looking back, and I was like, I think that's not a dog. I think that's a coyote. So I just, I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember if you were supposed to, like, yell And stuff, which you are with coyotes. I think I was thinking of bears more so, but I just like stood there and looked at it for like a minute. And then it just like turned around and walked the other direction, stopped coming towards me. It was like, it was pretty freaky, especially when I realized it was like kind of following me. And this was before all the coyote attack stuff in Stanley Park. Like I wasn't thinking about coyotes or that they might be around or anything. Um, That happened after the pandemic started and this was before the pandemic. But yeah, that's it. That's my whole story. It was less intense, less magical, but a light like moment of that kind of wild card of an animal of like wildlife in your, in your space or whatever.
0: If you had read as much about coyotes as I read about orcas, you could
1: have definitely fleshed
0: out that story (laughs) to a similar (laughs) length.
1: Right, yeah. The
0: coyotes are really interesting, I assume.
1: I did look to coyote sightings around Vancouver at the time, and there wasn't any in the area right where I uh, had saw it, so I reported it to the thing that I saw a coyote there. But yeah, they kind of roam around the... Greater Vancouver area. I did figure that out. And they just said, if you see them, don't approach them. If they approach you, make yourself big and scream at them and they'll run away. And definitely don't feed them.
0: Yeah. In the at the beginning of the pandemic, there was an issue with coyote attacks at Stanley Park, which is like our big sort of like island park at the middle of the city or like the peak of the city. Yeah. And it was, I guess, like the the changes of people's behavior. During the pandemic, made coyotes less afraid to come down from the mountains over the bridge, and into the park, and they took up residence there. And then people had been feeding them, and when they stopped getting fed, they started attacking people. Someone was
1: bit. They tried to like grab some baby or something or a toddler. Yeah, it was a child. Uh, yeah, a toddler in the parking lot of the aquarium. So not even like out on the paths. I think that like really freaked people out that they were like. A parking lot is, like, supposed to be so separate from
0: the... parking lot is supposed to be the safest place for a child.
1: (laughs) Yeah, at least, like, safe from coyotes. And, yeah, a bunch of people got attacked. There was, like, a dozen attacks or something, a bunch of attacks. And then they decided they were going to do a culling and thought they were going to kill, like, 30 or 40 or something, but they only ended up killing single digits. It was really low, Uh, but it seemed to have worked in turn Like, I haven't noticed any more coyote attack stories.
0: Yeah, Actually, that reminds me. I was thinking about uh, orca and how, like, how would people react if the orca turned on us? If Lolita comes back from Miami Sea World or whatever the actual thing is, and Lolita tells them in their special click language that we don't understand, those little monkeys that we love so much that dance for us, the little monkeys on boats that we... We treasure so much and show to our young in a peaceful way. They kept me in a cage and tortured me for 50 years, guys. They made me dance around for fish. And then they decide to turn on us. They start grabbing random kayakers.
1: I think orca have been released into the past before, haven't they? I'm just, now I'm trying to reassure myself that this isn't going to (laughs) happen.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I think the main reason it won't happen is because I don't think, um, I think culturally they don't believe in revenge. That's just a personal belief of mine. I think they believe in benevolence. Right. <laughs> I, and I I'll, I do kind of think that the orca love us. Like, they probably love us too much, like a dog, you know? Orcas are like our friends in the sea. Like, no matter what we do to them, they'll keep on coming back and doing flips for us. Uh, that's more the vibe, I imagine, for them.
1: I think it's a different type of tragic story, you know? They won't cancel us, even though we deserve to be canceled.
0: So if that happened, I don't think it will, but if that happened, I wondered how, I was thinking about how people would react. And I was like, we might almost be, it might be another 10 years where even if the orcas started attacking us, we would still protect them. We would be like be benevolent about it. We might already be there now, like culturally. Pretty much any time in history, if orcas started attacking humans en masse, humans would react by trying to destroy all of them. Uh, but we might now actually be at a time where if they started turning on us, we'd be like, we won't swim there. It's cool. We love you.
1: Right. You're our big friends. Yeah, definitely at least parts of the ocean and the world and the just thing i couldn't account for the decisions of every government around the world and how they'd react to a global orca attack on all shores but i just mean like shit
0: that'd be crazy there's orca all around the world too i mean they all coordinated coordinated
1: global attack yeah
0: revenge for miami sea world (laughs) justice for lolita now the day of reckoning is upon us all corners of the planet every ocean in the world the orcas at once no, it's not going to happen. It's up to us humans to be these righteous
1: orca-defending orcas.
0: We should start killing people randomly in the oceans <laughs> of I ah, just,
1: just kidding. Everywhere there are orcas. Murder is always wrong. Maybe we can train them to attack yachts. That'd be sick, yeah. Or just ask them. I don't train them sounds so hierarchical, but... Hopefully if they do revolt, they decide themselves to only attack yachts.
0: Yeah, domesticated killer whales for class war. Just make it totally infeasible to have cruises or yachts anymore. Because the uh, the orca know that if they bring back evidence of industrial sabotage, that they'll be rewarded handsomely in fish. Orca are part of the proletariat, for sure. They're definitely yeah. not bourgeoisie, I'll tell you that much.
1: Yeah. Yeah, They. I think they transcend classes, human classes, anyway.
0: Killer whales never tried to charge me rent before.
1: Also, despite their name, not killing people.
0: In wild they don't kill people. And we just slander them with this horrible name, giving children irrational fears about kayaking in the ocean.
1: Did your girlfriend ever see Free Willy? I feel like after I saw Free Willy, I was not afraid of orcas. Like they're our friends. They become friends with children who want to help them. And that's kinda how they interact with society. Yeah, we gotta
0: we gotta watch we're like we're gonna watch that movie like tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we're still getting over this orca thing. This orca thing is still the big incident of the last few days. Right, it's right. It's a good time to dive back into that old that yeah. old classic. I don't think I've seen it since I was maybe four or
1: five years old. I, it wasn't one I watched obsessively, but I'm sure I've seen it at least five or six times.
0: No, I, Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, no, that's this a 90s movie about how it's good to let the orcas out of the cages and send them home. Yeah, 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 exactly.
1: Make Willy Free. Yeah, it's the name of the movie.
0: Well, I'll tell you firsthand. I saw Free Willy out in the wild. Scary as fuck.
1: When it started approaching you, instead of going to the wall, you should have just held your hand up. It would have jumped over you. (laughs) Like, (laughs) just this magical moment. That's the main thing I know about whales. (laughs) They they like to make magical orca whales. Jumping over people who raise their hands up when they're (laughs) swimming at them. That's an interesting, you know, it's funny. It's like there's only two options
0: for what happened that day. Either it was a scary wildlife encounter or it was a magical wildlife <laughs> encounter. Ooh, sparkle noises, a magic wand, Harry Potter. Like, <laughs> there's no, why don't we have another language to discuss the <laughs> magic isn't real? This is something even better than magic. It's something real. It actually happened. Ooh, it's magical. That's not magical, it's biological.
1: Look, and to be fair, in Harry Potter, I'm pretty sure he was also terrified for parts of it. You know, it was magical, but it's yeah, also just, scary. Just
0: because something's magical doesn't mean it's not
1: scary. Don't Harry re- Potter's the perfect example.
0: <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's funny. A lot of people I've said have said magical.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, just when you hear it, it sounds magical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, it w- that's so, what it would be on the that ad a copy man- if you were selling this experience to people. A magical orca kayaking experience.
0: Right, yeah. Like, if you were, totally, if you were doing orca kayaking tours, magical would be, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's infected the way that we all think about it so much that we, we just repeat that. Or maybe it comes from before. Maybe it's since time immemorial, <laughs> you know, when canoers off the coast saw orca they would turn and then speak in Proto-Indo-European or whatever other language. Like, whoa, magical, they jumped out of the water, cool.
1: Yeah, it would be, I think, a peak experience, like, no matter what. I don't know if they'd use the association with magic specifically. I think even the word magical, it kind of has a different meaning from magic in a way. It's almost like Disney magic is different than, like, doing magic there's overlap because like disney movies have magic in them a lot of the times but there's like this other meaning of magical that doesn't really mean anything supernatural it just means like awe-inspiring
0: i think that's a great character is like the atheist who the terse like <laughs> anti theist. That was atheist. not a
1: <laughs> magical experience that was a completely <laughs> rational explicable if uncommon but Let's explain Certainly the not magical.
0: sub-characteristics, which are perfectly rational, that can explain the emergent outcome of this experience that's being called, quote-unquote, magical, which I scoff at.
1: Even your other words you're throwing out there, enchanting, as a syn- oh yeah, who's being enchanted and what enchantment is being cast? So is that a
0: witch, a wizard? Is that, is that somehow involved? Uh, do we believe in a,
1: is astrology
0: real now? <laughs> it's not. Whales are mammals they are our cousins going back millions of years we've got a genetic connection to them shared relatives in history they speak in ways that we find fascinating they act in ways that are incomprehensible to us and they're enormous i think that is sufficient to explain the feeling that i had we don't need to invoke magic wands wizards no but actually there's such a magical experience i now believe in all magic
1: because i saw magic is real Cool, do you want to uh, draw some sigils and mark them with our blood and then burn them in a ritual to save the oceans? Yeah, I do. Cool.
0: I actually do feel like burning a sigil cast in blood to protect the oceans and, in particular, the beautiful orca whales around the world.
1: Probably couldn't hurt.
0: I don't know what kind of magic that is or who. I don't know. what. It sounds good, though, but... (laughs)
1: yeah i don't know exactly what it is either i think people i uh i imagine people in california doing it <laughs> it's like hippie magic right, i know it's it's it is a thing like i've heard of people talking about drawing sigils and i've heard people talk about blood or cum. you could come on the sigil i think there was <laughs> something powerful uh like blood or cum. uh <laughs> i might just skip that part personally and just use a pen yeah, I think to draw the sigil, you definitely want to use a pen. That would be a lot of blood, and I don't think you can draw with cum. But.
0: Yeah, maybe a, an artist more talented than I could. But So that's your homework for everyone this week. Do some California whale magic, but don't use the bodily fluids. Not just, I mean, or maybe only a little bit, or like maybe spit. Maybe spit's good enough. I Personally, I'm going to do some California whale magic tonight.
1: Cool, yeah. And watch Free Willy. <laughs> No, I'm worried that the practice of sigil drawing has a more deeper history and some tradition that I'm ignoring or something. So just if that's the case, I apologize too. I'm just ignorant about it. I heard it from some hippies sometime and that's, you know, if they ruined it, then blame them and not me. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so let's hop through this time portal to the
0: future now that we're Done having this original conversation back into uh, what is it august yeah july i think august
1: yeah it's currently i think august uh in this past timeline let's do it let's hop back to the future i wonder what things we'll learn we Whoa. 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 Fine, fine. Yeah.
0: Ah. <laughs> so here we are back in october
1: 2022 where we uh yeah where we started and finished this little uh journey I got to say, I was so wrong about the queen in that past timeline.
0: Yeah, I think you were right in a more important way than the way that you were wrong, though, in that I don't see the monarchy thing really keeping its same sentiment in the future. But I don't know.
1: I guess we'll see. Yeah, maybe the big outpouring of pro-monarchy stuff was like its last hurrah. It was kind of just paying respect to this queen that people love for some reason. I don't really get it, but... I've got this guy on Facebook. I know Olivia Colman played her, but doesn't mean she's that great of a queen or anything.
0: I know this random guy on Facebook who's like a monarchist. And I saw him post on a like BBC article about King Charles, each word in the sentence, starting with a capital, God save the king, period. (laughs) Or no, 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 sorry. I've seen him say that too, but the actual thing was long live the king. That's when I was like, holy shit. Uh, Long live the king with capital letters for each of them, period. At the end, it's totally sincere
1: it's just a really interesting thing to read as a twenty twenty-two human being. Yeah, normal in a, person in a, in a liberal democracy that's it is weird.
0: So a a big thing about this whole encounter was I know that through echolocation, dolphins can see pregnancy. They can they, they tend to favor women who are pregnant over other women or other men. They can tell through their echolocation that there's more than one heartbeat. And they they probably even have some sense and this is projection of, like, uh, cuteness. Like, they have an idea of taking care of their own young. This is some, like, deep evolutionary um, guess on my part. I'm far from an expert. But I think cuteness is probably, at the very least, among mammals, it's probably a common thing where you have these complex social networks. I like the idea that a whale seeing a human baby thinks it's cute. And they probably get the chance to see human babies more with pregnant women than women who are, like, carrying babies in the ocean for some reason.
1: right yeah i uh it is interesting think if they have the same reaction to like that we to a human baby that we do to like a baby dog or a baby cat or any animal baby really it's yeah like, why wouldn't yeah. they yeah unless they can't like whatever registers for them as cute doesn't come through like uh, if it's just a heartbeat maybe it doesn't it's not enough for them to know that it's cute I don't right. know, though, but... Yeah, maybe
0: they see it more like a fish.
1: Yeah, like we don't see baby fish and think they're cute. Although a baby orca is cute. Oh, yeah. I think even baby fish, kind of cute, but... Especially if they're beside a, a bigger adult fish, and you're like, oh, those ones are the babies. They're so small. That's cute. And if yeah. they have big eyes
0: in relation to their... Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cute shit. Cute <laughs> as fuck, bro. Um. So, yeah, we're on kayaks, so I'm not sure of the strength of echolocation breaking through the water barrier... I think it could see through plastic, but I'm not sure that it could see through plastic into air or to what degree. But the fact that there was a a baby orca with it, too, it's like really my preferred theory is that they were showing a baby, a baby human. Right. And that is just the cutest idea in the world. It's my preferred. It's a nice thought. It's... It is technically possible that we misidentified these as part of JPod, and they were actually transient orcas, and they were coming up to us because they thought they it was a possibility that we were edible mammals like seals, and that they were coming up to us actually because they were considering eating us. Right. Uh, but I don't prefer that one. Yeah,
1: it's not it's not as cute. So yeah, that's
0: it's probably our preferred story. That's maybe you know that's the kind of thing you could tell your kid when they're older. I've never done parenting before, but like. Oh, you know, we saw an orca when your mom was pregnant with you and they brought an orca baby to see you. Isn't that cool? You know, that kind of thing. Like, I feel like a kid would be into that even if it's only half true or potentially true. <laughs> right. I don't know. Is that ethical? I don't want to tell my kid Santa Claus exists just because I want to get credit for anything I do for them <laughs> instead of giving it to this weird ass man.
1: I think you could just caveat it with, you know, we don't know for sure, but we think maybe they were bringing the baby. So, yeah, you'd argue for a high level of
0: technical precision in the truthfulness of claims made to children?
1: Well, yeah, kind of. But I feel like if you say we don't know for sure in front of something and then say it really cool to a kid, I don't think they're absorbing that in that like maybe later or it'll i think it's good yeah i don't think i don't think it'll take the punch out of it is what i'm saying i think the kid will there's no need to lie or exaggerate because it's still a cool story yeah yeah And even just the possibility that this is true is a cool thing
0: yeah and similarly with santa claus you know it's a cool enough story that everyone participates in this big ritual together where they give children gifts I don't know. I, I never really believed in Santa Claus, but it was always still magical for me to get the things I wanted after
1: having to wait for a long time. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I don't remember believing or not believing in Santa, really. I remember getting a whisper. I can
0: even place it. I was at, so my grandmother ran a daycare. I must have been around kindergarten age or a little before, and I only had even a faint idea of Santa Claus. And the first. I didn't never like really believed in Santa, but the older kids were asking younger kids, "Do you believe in Santa?" And my little brain put together that they're older, and it doesn't make sense to ask that question if Santa's real. Like you don't have to believe in a real thing. people are like do you believe in the mall it's like you know you (laughs) went to the mall you know it exists so the question do you believe in Santa raised a little critical thought red flag for five year old Sean and I was like ah I see
1: and I confronted my mom about it and she admitted it just having the weirdest thought right now of going up to this five year old version of you and being like do you believe in love little (laughs) Shawnee is love real (laughs) just get those wheels turning turn them into a uh, love nihilist Right. No, that might work. I mean, if I, does. I
0: mean, I think that's a big theme of media too, though. Like Santa Claus media, there's always like this magic, not, Oh, Santa is real. Like that sort of stuff. It's always right, tied right, into right. it. So we're not really good at keeping the secret from kids overall. I also remember, I don't want to just be brag about being a skeptical thinker, but I remember the cookies being nibbled and stuff. I remember just thinking like, this would be so easy to fake. <laughs> Right. Like, <laughs> like it's not hard to find someone who will nibble cookies. Like I would do it if I was if I was asked, you know?
1: Oh, I remember too. We would leave out a beer for Santa because I think my parents thought it was funny, but also probably like my dad more wanted to drink a beer after we all went to bed than than drink milk. Uh so it was like, yeah, Santa Santa gets lots of milk, he'd rather have a beer.
0: Right. Yeah. It is crazy to think about a man drinking that, that many cups notes. of milk in one night um that's <laughs> that's a lot of milk uh, and it's on the main question of raising a kid and doing it right um but i think it is actually kind of an instructive interesting area to think about like what sort of mythology do you want to participate in with a child that misleads like i generally think like i i would like to cultivate a relationship with my kid to that's like earned trust and it just seems in in conflict with that like to play games where you're like lying just as a joke or for fun or to make something magical or whatever it just sort of like establishes this backdrop is like these like I don't, I don't want to play games with my kid's mind like that. I'd rather just them know that they can ask me questions and I'll tell them as much as I can.
1: Yeah, I've seen people mostly defend it for the... Like, remembering feeling like it was really magical as a child and them enjoying that and them not being very mad at their parents by the time they found out, all combining to be like, ah, oh, it's fine, you should do it. I want to give my kid this magical experience that I had. But I didn't really again, feel like it was a magical experience. I can see why people want to, but I do think it's probably better to not. I remember in grade two, scroll my class, Danica.
0: Shout out to Danica, wherever you are, whatever your last name is now. All the kids I went to school with got married. I can't track them down. Shout out to Danica, wherever you are. I remember this in grade two, telling you that you were wrong and that Santa Claus actually wasn't real. And that you said the proof that Santa Claus was real was that Santa gave your brother Sega TV for Christmas. But your parents canceled it after two months because it was too expensive. So it's proof that Santa and your parents aren't working together because. Right. um, right. Which is just think about that for a minute. Very funny. Telling the kid, "Oh, we have to cancel Sega TV. I know you really love it." And uh, I mean, if you think it
1: you- through, it's weird that Santa gifted, uh, like, he didn't gift you the subscription. He just like hooked it up and then was like, "Your parents have to pay for it." <laughs> like, you feel like if it was a gift from Santa, you get free Sega TV from now on. Like, he just he and Sega have a deal, and it's good now.
0: That's another thing as a kid too. I remember thinking of just like. Santa is bringing people products. Like, I didn't have this language for it, right? But, like, there's commercials on TV for the stuff that Santa is bringing kids. Like, there's some weird.
1: Like, yeah, I think to the massive difference and like some people are like, oh, Santa got me an Xbox. But then at my house, Santa always gave us like the crappy presents. I think because my parents wanted credit for the good presents, like any good present you got the the one, you know, if you got like one expensive present a year, it was like that was from mom and dad. And then Santa gave you like candy and socks and like maybe a cool little knickknack or something. But like. We got like the good present. Always said mom, mom, and dad on it. <laughs> They're just it never really added up. I feel like if you're gonna tell your kid Santa is real, you got to do it with like the biggest wink possible, so that your kid, your kid knows. Like, don't don't be a good actor about it. Don't be like, oh yeah, to- like, one hundred percent it's real, and here's explanations. Be like, Santa is real. Wink. <laughs> you know, like that.
0: Yeah, I I like that. It makes like the rigid. The rigid kind of like materialist atheist in me is satisfied by being this ritual about lying, lying to your kid in a way that they're supposed to be able to see through. I could see some benefits or some ways to do that. Right. That sounds that sounds kind of wholesome in a way.
1: Yeah, I feel like the more I think about it, I feel like that's kind of what my parents did, because I don't remember them ever saying he wasn't real and there was like some pretense of it exist. Like we got some gifts with Santa on it and stuff and did the cookies and beer thing. And, but yeah, like, I feel like they couldn't take it seriously. They were just like not contradicting it, but also like, I I feel like my dad would be like, yeah, yeah. Santa's coming. Like, (laughs) Oh shit. There's actually one more thing
0: uh, before we ramp up here. We did watch free Willy. Uh, me and my girlfriend, we watched Free Willy. Uh, right
1: after the last record. Yeah. Out of 10, what do you give the movie?
0: Oh, uh, interesting. Um, I don't know. The numer- numerical scales are so limiting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't mean to put you in a corner if you don't like doing that.
0: I think overall it's like pretty good for like a kid's movie. It has kind of an anti capitalist message and that there's these like money counting assholes in suits who capture this adult whale and are trying to get the trainers to make it work for profit even though it's like uncooperative and that's kind of like one of the big plot points of the movie Mm -hmm. and eventually they free the whale while the capitalists are chasing after them and he jumps over the kid and there's this amazing moment i want to use this and something I do in the future in terms of filmmaking, like it's so amazing. All the good people in the movie are all together watching the whale escape and he escapes. And then everyone's like, yeah. And you're like, see a cut of all of them. <laughs> and then you see a cut of the capitalist guys and they're basically like scrunching their hats and like, oh, I hate that whale. <laughs> yeah. um, it's amazing filmmaking. So I, I give full <laughs> marks to that part. Um, <laughs> but there's some like weird borderline, like there's an indigenous guy who works at the whale training facility. And when Willie jumps, I totally forgot this. Both him and the kids say like a Haida prayer while the oh, yeah. whale is jumping. Right. And he's actually played by someone who's from another nation, not the Haida nation from like, he's like, I can't remember actually, off the top of my head. And it's like, it's not, it's not, it's not anti-indigenous racism. It's, but it's like this kind of like
1: liberally like, like magical indian trope territory.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a ma- yeah, and and I don't I don't know the details on how um if people were consulted in production and stuff, but it it, it reads to me as a very outsider take on indigeneity. <laughs> um I'll say. <laughs> and I was really surprised by that. I completely forgot. So yeah, that that part it didn't age well. It wasn't over the top offensive, but it was kind of like embarrassing. It feels very 1994. And I'd say that we, I say that we as a couple overall enjoyed our movie watching experience that day. I also in the earlier recording you mentioned that the real life Free Willy was freed and it had a sad ending. So I looked that up, and it is true. The real life Free Willy, I think it was called Kiko. Yeah, um, right. It was freed into the wild, I think, off of Iceland, and it was. Swimming around Europe, it never reintegrated into any sort of whale pod or the whale pod that it came from. And it died of pneumonia eight months after being released, which is sad. But before it died, kind of an interesting story, it went up to a beach where there were people swimming and it swam with them. And like it was interacting with people, like it really liked being around people. So it was interacting with like just random swimmers on this beach, even let a kid crawl up on its back. Which has got to be cool for that kid. yeah. Um, but <laughs> the the people who were in charge of reintegrating Kiko into the wild were not happy about that and figured out ways to prevent it from happening again. But overall, the, the sort of stunt to free it, which was done in partnership with the Warner Brothers or whatever company... It was criticized for a couple reasons, one of which is that, yeah, it didn't work. Another one, it, the, people were chasing this sentimental idea of freeing Willie. But there's actually a qualitative difference between Kiko and Willie. In the movie, Willie is captured as an adult and hates being in captivity and never cooperates. Whereas Kiko, who is one of the most cooperative whales of all time, which is why it was picked as the star for the movie, was captured as a child and was fully sort of like domesticated in its relationship to humans. So even prepping it to go in the ocean took, like, many months of, like, being in this penned area, being under supervision. It cost millions of dollars. And if all that money went towards whale conservation and protection instead, goes to the criticism, uh, it could have a much bigger effect than following the sentimental dream of freeing Willie, who's a fictional character.
1: Yeah, this one particular whale. Um, <laughs>
0: And, and based on this, the argument that I was reading online from people who are interested in this kind of thing is that when whales are very domesticated, are very acclimatized to captivity, the ethical thing to do is create the largest, freest sort of captivity they can be in um, and put them there, give them opportunities to socialize in a large tank captivity that isn't for the watching eyes of audiences isn't for doing tricks and so on right and that's significantly cheaper than the process it takes to reintegrate them to the wild which makes sense when you think about it so r.i.p kiko you were a real one i wish i could have climbed on your back in 2006 or whatever um (laughs) i'm sorry we tried to free you because we couldn't tell the difference between you and the character you so expertly played greatest whale actor of all time yeah, pour one out, your blowholes for a real one. Yeah, so I saw a whale, and um, I'm having a kid in the future. Not like the far future, not like flying car times. That we're like, We'll are like, we still be in the pandemic when the kid is born. Joe Biden just
1: said it was over, so
0: not true. Well, Joe Biden says a lot of things. you got to test for yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess that's not Canada. Nobody said it's over in Canada yet, so. That's true.
0: Yeah, I don't take COVID directives from a U.S. president. I
1: take COVID directives patriotically
0: from my own prime minister (laughs) (laughs) underneath the watchful eye of King Charles III, long may he reign.
1: When King Charles says COVID is over, (laughs) then we'll believe it. Yeah. Interesting fact about King Charles, his favorite food is pheasant pie. Uh, I would go so far as to say that you're not having a kid in the future. You're currently having a kid. Right. I feel like to me, that means like we're planning to get pregnant at some point. True. But yeah, like it's not the moment. It's not a
0: moment. It's not like birth is this moment in time where there's no kid before and there is
1: a kid after it's Yeah. One. And we've seen the the pictures, the the slices, the blobs, the it already exists. This, this, uh, I felt it kicking developmental process towards birth.
0: Yeah. So, uh, thank you everybody for listening and thank you for the well wishes that uh, people have sent for me and my little unborn child and uh, my girlfriend really appreciate that and yeah thanks for listening donating checking out papa and boy on means tv talking about what a great show it is if you agree with that which i confidently say that you probably will
1: yeah i don't think it's for everybody but i do think that listeners of our podcast in specific will probably really like it
0: and it's i think it is it is for for many people and it's something you can share with your kids it's a little naughty but like in a way that I think kids will be into and that parents won't be too offended by, especially if you're interested in left-wing politics. It's a little insurrectionary for the young ones. Um, but I think that in a good way, in a way that...
1: Uh, yeah, it'll just make your kid want to hold you accountable and we all want to be held accountable. You know? Right. Also makes you look good compared to the Papa, unless you're as authoritarian as the Papas are. By comparison, you'll look like a very... Kind and allowing parent. Anyway, make you look good to your kids.
0: Yeah. And it might make your kid ask questions like, Mom, Dad, is this. A metaphor for our society being irreparably broken, and it being handed off to me without me having the tools to to change it myself. Many kids are asking
1: this after <laughs> after seeing Papa and Boy. And
0: we believe in personal parent choice and how you answer that question. I think there's arguments in
1: in, in multiple directions. Yeah, there. you could either say yes or you could say no, but with a big wink to keep the magic alive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. See you, everybody. Bye.